1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hans and Scotty on a Wednesday afternoon. Camps underway. Utah, BYU, Utah State gets underway tomorrow. And uh, to help break down the Cougars from our BYU pre- and post-game coverage, Will Snowden. The man, the myth, the legend. How are you, sir? Mr. Snowden? Uh, I'm just happy to be here. Always happy to be here with these... uh with both of you, even even you, hands. I mean, obviously, it's it's obvious Scotty G is the dude, but but today I'm feeling I'm feeling love for you. Really, it's probably because it's your birthday. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm happy to be here as always to to talk about the Cougars and whatever else you guys like to talk about. I keep texting Will, and I'm like, Will, you ready for pre and post? Like, you ready for this? And he's like, I need to talk to Scotty. <laughs> You're doing the show with me. Scotty's not doing the pre and post. Well, Scotty does it. I mean, he's got. I mean, this guy's dealing with all the Aggie stuff. I understand. Right? That's true. And, and so yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't expect him to. I mean, he's the hardest working guy in in radio. Yeah. What the and, hell just uh, happened? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I have a lot of respect that's for what Scotty. I'm, that's no what question. I'm wondering. Oh, uh, will question about that? But, I love but, it. Yeah. You are the man. That's what I'm wondering. So but yeah, I'm excited. How, how's uh, off season been? Okay. How's how's off recruits doing? Man, it's it's been really good. It, it's it's a lot of work. I spend a lot. You know, I, I was blessed with the ability to like talking yeah. because uh, I spend a lot of time on the phone. My days are spent talking to coaches on the phone. It's going to slow up a little bit now that camp's talking uh, starting because they don't have as much time, but July was crazy. But things are going really good. Alpha's growing. Uh, we've got great. Cl- we've got a lot of great players. Uh, this year we're going to sign all of them. I mean, yeah. they're going to all continue to play football and uh, get that education. Scholarships I mean, on different levels. Different levels at From every FBS, level. FBS, FCS. to NAIA. Down on. I mean, so so it, it's really good. And I've got some guys committed already to to BYU. So we've got a few guys that have committed to BYU that, that, that I'm excited about and hoping that we can get some guys to commit to Utah, Weber State, Southern Utah, Dixie State, and, and all across the country. How is how's the landscape of the state in terms of recruit, recruiting? Are Because I was... I brought there was a uh, conversation down in uh, Mountain West Conference Media Day, and Tony Sanchez, who's the coach at UNLV, uh, somebody asked him. Now, when you were at Bishop Gorman, because he's the head coach of Bishop Gorman, then took the UNLV job, and they asked him who was the best recruiter because you know Bishop Gorman's big deal, big deal, and so he was getting recruiters coming in from all over the country looking at his kids, and they asked him who was the best recruiter that you saw walk through those doors at Bishop Gorman. He didn't blink an eye. He goes Jay Hill. Yes, and and uh, and he was referencing Jay when he was at the University of Utah. He goes, but since he's been at Weber State, he's still piling up. Like this state, even Jay Hill at Weber State is just packed full of it. Seems like great recruiters. What were you just talking to me about the other day? Too? <laughs> yeah, it's funny you bring that up. Hans and I just had that conversation about the level of of coach and recruiter that Jay is, and then you look at his staff, the guys he has on his staff. These guys can really recruit, and and in college football, the name of the game is recruiting. Uh, but the spectrum here is huge. I mean. Uh, during when spring ball hits here for when the recruiters come in, I usually take about 95 calls that first week. Wow. So a lot of people are coming here to recruit. Um, we're still trying to, you know, I work with a lot of LDS athletes and I'm still trying to help these schools understand how it works to sign a, a missionary. Um, I, I really am tr- pushing to sign more missionaries that can go out of state because, as you know, these the in-state schools can only take so many kids. And there's a lot of kids who can play that just don't fit 
Weber or whatever it is, but out-of-state schools don't completely understand what it means to sign a missionary, send them away, and then have them come two years later. And we're trying to do a better job of educating coaches. So I'm spending a lot of time. Is, is everybody willing to work with that now? No. For the most no, part. But not everyone's willing to work with it because it, it, it's a lot of not understanding. It's funny. I just had a call uh, yesterday with the with the D coordinator from Montana, and we were going back and forth. And, he, and he's very – he's been around a long time. He actually coached under Sanchez. He was the D coordinator there at UNLV. He was a D coordinator at Colorado. And, um, so he's been around a long time. So he's been time. around a long time. How, how, how you Montana now, right? Yeah, the, the head coach. Yeah, head yes, coach. Yeah, yes, but the the D coordinator. So regardless, yeah. we had a great conversation, Coach Bear, and I was explaining to him that no, you have to understand really the benefits and you know some of the fallbacks. But if you can get organized, there's there's nothing wrong with having a, a young man that you're interested in out of high school who comes back a little bit older. He's always going to be mature. There will be some things that you have to get some kinks out but as far as helping them understand that we're really trying to help more schools all across the country be op- more open to signing LDS missionary kids. As we get going in this conversation I've got a thousand different directions I want to go with you in, in, in these conversations um, but I'm gonna, I want to stick with this one out of out of a hundred missionaries that, that leave that were two star and better how many come back and are the same if not better within a year of getting back. How how many come back are right into it, fit, do great, and how many say, you know what, I, I learned something different on my mission. I want to leave. Well, well, I think I think now that that's a, you, the way you ask the question. Fit and ready to go. I would say not everyone comes back from their mission fit and ready to go. Hands because I'm but, looking at Jaron Hall and I'm like, this kid comes back in the spring and looks like a beast. Oh, yeah. yeah he looked wonderful. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of it comes down to how disciplined you can be on your mission, right? I mean, how, how can you yeah. watch what you're eating? I mean, obviously and, you can't be... And a lot of that depends on where you go, too. A lot of it depends on where you go. So it's that's a tough question, Hans. I believe every single one of the guys comes back. Um, you know, I would say 90 of them come back and they still want to play football. They're still hungry. It's just going to take them a year to actually get fully back where they were, right? So, you know, I think it's great so, for a red so shirt what, or a gray shirt. Is or, that what you tell you, these coaches? Are you like, coach, you yes. just understand. They'll come back, you get them back into the work, and then they're going to be mature and they're going to be a better athlete. W- without a doubt. And, and, and if you red shirt them, they'll be a 21-year-old red shirt freshman. Mature, disciplined. There's a lot of benefits to it. And I know, you know, I saw an argument on Twitter that I didn't decide to jump into. But at the end of the day, there are some fallbacks, but there's also some benefits that can be there if you'll harness it and understand that, you know, college football right now is really what can you do for me now um, and kids are feeling that pressure of trying to be college ready as a freshman when I came out of high school my goal really was to redshirt I wanted to come in and actually identify what in the world was going on with college football now more importantly kids are really more motivated to get into college get into college and play now um, so and I think coaches are looking to recruit more guys that are ready now. And I'm, I, you know, I'm kind of in that belief that programs that can really do well. You know, I look at like a Boise State that I believe can play anywhere in the country. You know, they they 90 percent of their freshmen redshirt. They are the system to what they do. That's just their system. Their coaching system is we go get guys and we actually get them ready to be great and compete with anyone, but it's not because we're trying to push them too quickly. So they can look at a kid who has a lot of potential and say, we're going to harness that potential, bring him in, get him right mentally, physically, on every single level, and then he'll be a great player for us. 
Will Snowden, kind enough to join us from Alpha Recruits, as well as our BYU pre- and post-game coverage uh, right here on The Zone. All right, so let's talk about BYU. Expectations for Kalani Sataki. Uh, first year was good. Second year, not great at all. Third year, got back to 500, wins the bowl game, 7-6. and six. Uh, Knowing what the schedule looks like, knowing the talent level that they have, what are your expectations for this year? Well, you know, I'm excited. I I will tell you that. I think that they have some pieces. Um, I think when you look at what what they're going to be competing against this year, it's going to be a real challenge. And and I think what you have to really identify and what, what the fan base has to look at is really look at the first four games, really the first seven games, in my opinion, it's like these are juggernauts. These guys, these guys, you're going to see a lot of speed, a lot of talent. Whether they're lot, in an up year or a down year. Exactly. You're, it doesn't matter. You know, I don't care where any of these schools are. They're going to have athletes that BYU just doesn't always get. But I will tell you this, I expect Kalani to do a great job this year. I expect his, uh, his uh, staff to do a great job. They're going to be highly competitive in every single game. I think a lot of it's going to come down to how healthy they can stay do they have the depth that it takes to really make it through this season um, but 500 I'm going to say a minimum of 500 I think that we're going to go out there and surprise some people I'm excited to get out there and take a look at them uh, a little bit up uh, more up close and personal look at the personnel um, and obviously I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with the quarterback position uh, I'm excited about these new running backs that they've brought in obviously um, uh, Lopini Kotoa is a close personal uh, kid that we've worked with uh, for years at American Fork uh, I think he has all the talent in the world he's been training hard all summer so I think they have the tools to really surprise some people. Um, they're great up front. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable saying uh, how many games they're going to win or lose yet. Yeah. I, I need to spend a Still little bit more time. A lot of breakdown. Yeah. yeah. Hans has been saying best offensive line in the state. You agree with that? No question. There's not, there's not a question about that. I, yeah. I, up front, they are very good, um, physical, technically sound, and disciplined. And, and another thing is they're mean sons of guns, and that's what you need. You need guys who are, are willing to, to mix it up. And so whenever I look at any team and see what they have up front, that that's going to make a big difference of how, how many games I believe they can win. And that offensive line is going to put them in a position to, to be able to play against anyone. Well, when you were playing at BYU, you, you had offensive linemen in front of you that were being draft, drafted. I mean, it was every like year, every, every year. year. What's the cause behind not having an offensive lineman drafted from BYU since 2002? 16 years of drought. Well, I'll tell you, I, I think, it, and I, I want to be very clear here, um, when Bronco came in and, and, and his staff, Coach Weber, I, which is, he's at Hawaii now, it's one of the, we have a great connection there. I think that they went a little small, right? I think that um, at the end of the day, they leaned up and they weren't as big as they were as far as when I came in, um, 96 to 2000, we were large, um, big guys, John, you know, John Tate, obviously, Larry Moore was at center, um, even Eric Bateman. Eric Bateman, Anderson, some really, really large men. Um, and I think for a period of time we got a little small there. And, and you know, playing in the NFL, you, you know, there's a, there's a certain level of height 
weight that puts you in the NFL and there's a certain level of height and weight that doesn't. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think it's technically they couldn't play. I just think that you know it worked out where they're a little bit smaller than what you're going to see when you play Wisconsin. I mean, I looked at Wisconsin down. I was down on the sideline looking across the field and I was thinking, these men are giants. I mean, every one of them were 6'6 six, six across the board and that's why those guys are going to consistently be in the NFL. You know, so I, I don't know what happened there, but my guess would be we've got a little bit smaller than the average uh, than the average draft pick. A lot of people point at quarterback. Zach Wilson obviously finished the season on a hot note. I think one thing that, and Hans and I have tried to talk about this quite a bit, but I, I think kind of a, a something that people have been kind of glossing over. There was some serious. That was a serious surgery he had in the off season. Uh, yeah. And, and and Riley Nelson came on the air and said, I had the same thing and I had to kind of rework my motion. My motion was never the same after that. Uh, are, is is that something that Cougar fans should be concerned about? Well, of course. I mean, it's something that I, I'm concerned about as far as the the biggest thing for me is is I, I trust the staff um, over there. They've got to be very smart with Zach Wilson. Um, and if Zach is not truly ready to go, you're going to have to sit him and start preparing um the hall, the hall kid to get ready to go. But the blessing that they have is they have a backup quarterback who is very, very, very capable. Yeah, he can he can play. There's no question. Will about they it. work in some packages for him? Without a doubt, he will be on the field. Obviously, Coach Rodgers already talked about that. Coach Grimes has talked about it. You've got to utilize that guy. Um, so I think they're going to utilize him quite a bit. And I think they have to be smart with what they do with Zach. When you have a kid who has so much talent, so much ability, you want to make sure you protect him as long as you can because you know what. You don't want an injury to become something that really just holds you back your whole career. You know, I, I was, I had an opportunity to talk to Jamal Williams, and I can't remember if you were at that Boise State game that was in Boise where it was a he might play and he might not play. Yeah, and I think that he felt like he could play, but Jamal Williams was projected as a draft pick, certainly an NFL player, and. That coaching staff kept him off the field. Yeah, from what I understand, that was a coaching decision. Well, it, it was, and it's funny, you know, offensive coaches and defensive coaches kind of think a little bit different. So the defensive coaches were very; they wanted him to play a lot more than probably the offensive coaches wanted to to, to protect him. Just because of mentality. And just because it's just yeah. a mentality thing, and and you know, and that's something that coaches will. One of the things that I know for a fact that the scouts came in asking as well is, can't, will this kid play? with some pain because this business a lot of times people don't understand you play the game hurt yeah. I mean they're, they're, you you know you go into game one a little beat up already just from fall camp and uh, you you know making it through a season purely injury free is hard um, right. so I, I, but, but you're not your going point, through a pain free. Again, yeah. there, there hasn't been a college player that's gone through a pain. No, free. no, I don't know if there's a high school player that has. Yeah. I mean, so at, at the end of the day, it's that's a something I trust BYU will do, and I hope that the offensive side doesn't feel too much pressure from from the fans that hey, they the fans want to see Zach Wilson because that I, can push you into bad decisions. It really can yeah. feeling pressure. So we'll see what happens. I, I, you have two, three good quarterbacks, and also the biggest thing for BYU is even if they. Draw even if Zach couldn't go, if they need to protect him a few weeks, at least you have two quarterbacks behind him who have experience. They have game experience with Critchlow and with, obviously, the Hall. What's your biggest cause for concern going into the season? Uh, I'll tell you, there's a few things that concern me. It's still the same as last year. Is I don't know if BYU got uh, – 
got any better at receiver? That that's a question I have. I, I need to understand. Um, do we have someone who can stretch the field? Does do the can the Cougars stretch the field with the receiver to let other guys get 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 busy underneath? Right. That's a question I have. Um, so I think that you have some guys in place, but what, did they what, what, go what, get a guy that can that can you know take the roof off? What are your thoughts on Gunnar Romney? I think Gunnar is very. I think he's a, a big time recruit, wasn't he? A big time recruit. Yeah, he big time recruit, and you and I want to see it. I mean, as a freshman, he hung around and did some good things, but um, but it felt like Milne as a walk on got him as much. Yes, so usage. I think, and so my my question is, there we definitely BYU definitely has guys who can go out there and and get open. What I'm talking about is more of a game breaker type receiver. Right now, it, I, I, I I'm looking for a game breaker that can take the roof off. Does that make sense to you? That it's going to open up a lot of a lot of okay. plays for the other receivers. Todd Watkins back in Todd the day. Watkins. And you just kind of look at the history of BYU. We've always had a guy. Can that who, be a tight end? No. Has to be an out, a wide out. Yeah, uh, yes, it has to be a wide out. And, and, and just think about what you open up when you have a guy who you really have to respect, that safeties have to respect, that's going to run off from you. Now, I'm hoping this kid from Colorado, depending on what position he plays, you have to have someone who can really, really stretch the field. And if you have someone who can stretch the field, that just opens up more opportunities for Bushman and those tight ends because now the safeties have to they have to respect what's going on up top. Uh, so, the, the, you know, there's those. that's my concern. That, that For me, that will be the biggest question that needs to be answered. I talked to a coach that was game planning against uh, BYU and the defensive coordinator said the same thing. He's like, I mean, and I'll even just say it was a defensive coordinator at Utah State said we, they have nobody that can beat us over the top. Oh. They have nobody. We can we can press. We can stack everybody at the box. They can't beat us over the top. And how, how did that work for them? Um, I can't. What was that score? I can't remember what that was. <laughs> you know what? That hurt. You said that right there, hands. That that was that was that was a gut punch to me. But what I will say is, I spoke with UCLA and they told me the same thing. The defense, the DB coach, just said we don't believe they can run by us, and so we sit. I'll sit at five. I'll sit yep. at seven. I'm yep. going to sit. And then also, we feel like if they run by us, I. Told my guys just to just just uh pi and we'll play another play and we'll be fine we go back to the same thing they're not going to run by you so so that is something that we as the cougar staff it has to go out and find a guy that can take the roof off because we've got guys who can go to work they're great route runners great hands now i want to see who do you who do we have as a threat that will open up things for other people inside of the offense my other worry is a concern that's probably number one, and that's number two. Number one for me is, do we have a man that can rush in a one-on-one situation, that can put a tackle on an island, get a pass rush, and force on a third and eight? Because you're, you're going to have corner and safety situations where you're going to have to really work your deep coverage and rush four. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering if you got a one-on-one guy. Can Devin Kafusi? How well do you know Devin's game? Can he be that? Can Trajan Peely, as an uh, old dog, kind of learn a new trick? Yeah, I mean, that th- that is also very fair. Hands, I, I do have. I I don't know what type of one-on-one beat. You know, where the left tackle or it has to be highly concerned that you know they got a they got a real speed rusher. They got someone who can really get after it, but. The D line is going to be one of the strengths. Now, really? pass, the D line is going to be one of the strengths uh, going into this year. They've got you know they've got guys coming in that didn't play last year. The transfer who had to sit out. I'm excited about him, and I think that now you have a full D line of that's in that is healthy 
and ready to go. BYU, I, I think you will struggle to run the ball against BYU. Now the question is, does everyone say we can't really run the ball well, so let's just go out here and do our thing with our great athletes and, and throw it around, throw quick hitches, throw, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do to identify where the mismatch is. But defensively, there'll be 11 guys on the field that can run and that can play. There, there's no question there. Offense will still be the, the question for BYU this year. Do you have receivers that go out there and make plays? The running backs, I think, are going to be very solid. You have a great O-line and you have two quarterbacks that are very capable. You have an All-American at tight end. Let's, I mean, so the question is the receivers. Talking about the running backs, uh, look in the crystal ball a little bit and just assume everybody's healthy. Is Katoa your leading rusher in terms of carries and yards? No. You think, is it the South Carolina kid? Yes, it's going to be, uh, in my opinion, it's, it's going to be Tyson Wilson, Williams. The way that I look at it is, you know, if, if I'm a coach and I go out and get someone on the level of Tyson Williams, uh, he's going to get a lot of opportunities. So the, the opportunity is going to be there for him. You've got to look at it. When is the last time we had someone that's played in the SEC and, and, and was effective? right? I mean, I'm not telling you he took the roof off. He wasn't just the number one guy, but he was effective against top-level talent week in and week out. That doesn't happen much, so BYU hasn't had a guy like that come into the program that highly, you know, that's a big-time recruit. That's a, he, he, I mean, Florida State wanted him. He could have went anywhere. This is one of the biggest gets for BYU maybe since uh, Jake Heaps. That's how big it is. And I'm just saying Jake Heaps, I know it didn't work out great for him, but he was still a five-star. But at the you're, time, that was a big yes, get. Yeah, it's a big get. You're, talking, you're just talking about the magnitude the of, magnitude of, the of who he is. Yes. Wow. So I, I, th- I, expect to, I, I can't wait to see him go to work. I, I want to go take a look at him today, look at his footwork, his explosion. Looking at his film, I, I think it was solid film, but I think that he will probably, he will early in the season, I think he's going to get as many opportunities as as, as you get when you go get a player of that capacity. I've got a question with A.J. Stewart, the running back coach yes. at BYU. He brings in a kid from Rice, Escrupa, and you you talked about you know the perception of an SEC player and transfer. I'm talking about the perception of a position coach that has a previous relationship with a running back recruited that, him. That, that recruited him and is now bringing him in as a transfer. That kid is committed. He's showing... A, a level of relationship there like I'll follow you coach and here I come sometimes those are the guys that get the extra benefit of the doubt and as I go and look at film he's not as good as Lopini he is not as good as Tyson yeah film I would agree with you as far as the film he's not and he has not done what Lapini's done for the program uh, Lapini was very effective last year um, and Lapini's going to play now the kid from Rice I, I think he's going to get some opportunities but in my opinion he'll probably end up being the third back this year so, so I expect him to be the third back. I think there might be some other things that he can do, too. He's kind of a short, stockier dude who maybe can do some short yardage and also maybe can catch some balls out of the backfield. Maybe he'll actually end up doing some fullback leading. Uh, th- the point is they're going to try and utilize. When you go get guys who have experience, you want to try and utilize that experience. Not, I mean, you want to utilize that experience. I yep. mean, I'd want to if I was a coach. And so he's going to, my point is, they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt until he proves that he's, he can't get it done. You, uh, you know, the talent level on, the, uh, on everybody inside the state. Uh, is uh, Utah being hyped up too much? Do you think they're the real deal? And what do you think happens in Logan? Well, you know, I'll start with Logan. Whenever I look at Logan, whenever I look at any ball club, the first thing I start with is the quarterback. Yeah. Um, so. 
I expect the Aggies to be very good. The se- so it's f- when we're talking team, the second thing I look at is the head coach. I understand what Gary Anderson is about. I understand how he coaches his expectations. You know, I understand what Coach Inna is about. They're going to play tough defense. You have a very, very effective quarterback. They're going to score. The they're going to score. I think Utah State will be um, very, very good. I think that the, my, I'm picking Utah State to win the Mountain West. I, I expect them to win the Mountain West first year under Gary Anderson. As far as the Utah. I do expect them to win the Pac-12. I do believe they're every single thing that they're being hyped to be. Um, They're going to play tremendous defense. Obviously, we have some questions at the backer position. Whenever you lose, you know, someone like Chase Hansen and you lose um, Cody Cody Barton, that's a big that's a big deal. But you look at that secondary; it's it's filthy. It's it's one of the best. I mean, it's in my opinion, it's it's as good as it gets in college football right now. Up front, their D line is 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 filthy. Is the word I'll use for it. So my only question is what they'll do, how their backers will play. But you're talking about Utah, and they usually put together great backers. They're going to play tough. Kyle doesn't really mess around. I understand what we're going to get defensively. So the question becomes, how does that offense flow? Can they flow well? And um, you know, when you bring in an OC that's been effective here, understands. The, the culture understands uh, Coach Witt. I think it's maybe a match made in heaven. So I do expect Utah to be very, very dangerous this year. Obviously, they need to stay healthy. And then the same question I have for Utah is, do you have enough playmakers on the outside to really be able to make it happen in the Pac-12? So that will be their biggest question. Do you have guys on the outside that can get it done for you? I believe every other position you do. And then also offensive line they lost some people but you know speaking with with the coaches up there they 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 aren't too concerned well sorry to, you 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 have more on the utah so i was going to jump back really quick to byu oh yeah um, no no because uh, it's something that we we forgot to ask you about you were talking about receivers at byu how, how bad does the neil pau situation hurt you losing neil pau Oh, it's a big deal. I mean, you lose someone. Well, could he have been that guy you were talking about? No, Neil would never. He's still not going to be a speed guy. You know, when when you recruit, when you go out and recruit, when I talk to coaches, the first thing I ask them is, I want to. If I want to, you know, I have different levels of players. Does that make sense? So I have level. So I have different levels. So if I'm talking to BYU, I'm trying, and I have a receiver. I want to know what are the offers you have out on your receivers and what type of player they are. So I'm gonna look at their film. Okay, so he's more of a possession guy. I'm talking about a game breaker. Neil is another big body guy that you have to respect, but he's not going to he's not just going to run nine routes and everyone's going to be like, "Oh, we got to really respect it." They're still going to sit at seven and put hands on him and run with him. So I, I want to see someone that really is a game breaker type guy. Someone like Watkins who you really just you have to be able to run to run with him because the biggest concern every coach that I talk to, particularly at BYU when they're talking about DBs that they're trying to get, can he run, dude? Because you're going to see guys that can flat out fly. And if they can't run with them, now you've caused a billion problems for my safeties. And, you know, that band, like Margin says, is a quote, Margin Hooks always says, strike up the band. You don't want the band striking up from, from nine routes. There's nothing hurts you more than getting ran by. So I think it did hurt to lose Neil, though. But he he's not the player that they're missing that would okay. be that game breaker. Will, always a pleasure, man. That's a lot of fun. Appreciate you guys. Looking forward to uh, 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 looking forward to you guys yelling at each other a lot yeah, before I mean, and after a game. Yeah. We, we seem to butt heads. Well, we just don't agree on much, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, that hasn't changed in 20, 21 years, and it's okay. Uh, I still like the guy. Is, is it only 21 years? Actually, 1996. Wow, dude. 
23 we years. We came in together as freshmen in 1996. You don't understand how obnoxious this guy was. I mean, from the first time I, I saw him, I just thought to myself, what in the world is going on? Because there's a lot of guys <laughs> There's a lot of guys that, that he played with that goes, man, he's toned down a lot. Yeah, no, he's, he, he, I know what, I'm going to tell the truth. I always love hands, but I, I, truly, I believe, my. I, I thought to myself, Lord... Is this how they all are here? You know, that's you know, I was coming from a different place, and the guy was loud, uh, obnoxious, very aggressive, all those things. But uh, he could play football, and he and he really did was a lover. He's probably one of the most loved players who ever. All, all of us who played together, hands is very loved and respected. Oh, look at I, that! I don't know. <laughs> I'll take the, I'll take the hated and aggressive. I feel like. That's what <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I got to ask you, but just before you leave, though, um, and, and last thing, because we do need to get to break quickly, but I want to know when new coaches come in, do they yank a lot of scholarships? Is that a common thing? Yes, very, very. It's common. So it, 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 your scholarship is not safe when new coaches come in. No. It's a, no. Okay. And and also when you were being recruited, it's not safe either. And that's one. And just so I'll, I'll be quick. And that's one of the tough things about coaches out of state signing LDS kids who are going on a mission. They're worried that okay, well, yeah, I don't even know if I'll be here. I don't even know if I'll be here. So yeah. and that's tough for the kid as well. Like I don't even know if you'll be here. So it's it's uh oh, yeah. But scholarships do get yanked. And I wanted to talk to you off air about your 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 aggressive talk against people who want to transfer. It's a tough deal. You know, it, it, so there, there's two ways to argue that. We'll we'll talk about it maybe yeah. another time on on air, or, or just I'll, I'll scream at you when we're talking. Just, <laughs> just you and I. It'll be a good conversation for on air too. All right, ninety-seven five twelve eighty the zone. That's Will Snowden. You'll hear him all year long, pre and post game coverage right here on the Zone Sports Network.